So I'm really excited about this show. We have Nuria Rivera in the house. Nuria. Hello. How are you? Thanks for being here with us. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So I've been your guest before, and now it's yes. an honor for me to have you here. Oh, thank me you. Me being the host, now you being the guest. Um, this is Live Life by Design, so we're going to talk a lot about that. But before we dig into that, tell us who you are. Where, where do you come from? Where, where do you live now? Let's, sure. let's, let's dig in a little bit. Yeah, so I'm an immigrant to this country. Like, well, you're a U.S. citizen naturally yeah. <laughs> because you're from Puerto Rico. But I'm Latina. I was born in Mexico. My father's Mexican. Where um, Where in Mexico? Uh, my father's from Chihuahua. I was born in Sonora, though. Okay. And uh, my all my mom's side of the family is from Spain. So I arrived here when I was 11 years old, learned the culture, Immerse myself in the whole English language, obviously, and um, really took advantage of the American dream. I understood what this meant to immigrate to this country, and uh, I knew it was the land of opportunity, so I just wanted to make sure my dreams were able to come true, and so that's where I come from. So from Mexico straight to Utah? Yes, we actually went to American Fork out of all the places and we were there for a few years and then to Sandy and Salt Lake area and that's where I've been the rest of my life for the most part and then do you do you share um, time in California too don't you have- I did that for three years okay. um, and right now I feel like I'm sharing time everywhere because I'm traveling all over the place but uh, mainly homes here right now Okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you have business in California still or is your business um, mainly in Utah no mainly in Utah although we just expanded uh, through a joint venture model to uh, Houston, Texas, and we're about to open up Phoenix. Oh, wow. So, Congrats on that. Thank That's you. That's exciting. I could see the smile on your face. I'm excited. That's super exciting. <laughs> so maybe tell us um, what business it is that you're that you're in. Yeah. So I own a title insurance company within the real estate industry and got in it when I was 22, very young. Oh, wow. I did the work for a nine-year period. And then I really wanted to disrupt the industry. I felt it was very boring and I felt like the clients deserved a better experience. And so I wanted to change it up. So that was at age 22. I got in it at 22. You got into the industry at 22. Yes. When did you launch your own venture? 31. At 31. So yes. you took those years to learn the industry, figure out where all the pitfalls were. You yes. figured out that it's a very tired industry. And then you disrupted it at age 31. Yes. So what are some of the main things that you felt needed to be disrupted? A lot of things, the internal culture. uh, And that's with a lot of businesses, right? Not just title insurance, but uh, the way that people were being treated differently, uh, the way that they really didn't love coming to work. And I'm like, okay, this this needs to change. Um, So you started internally with the employees. And then externally. So for clients, real estate agents and lenders to really feel like we were a partner in their growth versus just seeking business from them. And then also from the consumers, their clients, and that they felt like they were very important people coming into a home purchase and that we understood the emotional roller coaster that they were celebrated at the closing and they didn't feel like they were just in at a DMV transaction because mm. uh, we we know how important it is and we wanted that energy to come through. That's brilliant. So at age 20 something, when, when did you say, I am going to own a company like this and I'm going to be the best at it? <laughs> how old were you when you um, decided that? 
so I prepared myself for four years before I finally had the bravery to jump. And there was a defining moment. I was actually on my way to a NAREP uh, convention in Washington, D.C. And I just remember writing pros and cons, whether I should stay with this company and continue helping them grow or whether I should finally do this dream that had been in my mind for so long. And it was just this overwhelming feeling come over me. It was something from a higher power of you don't need to write down details. It's a knowing that you've got to do this. And so it was a, you know, an emotional moment. And then it was a, but it was a defining one. The decision was made that day and I never looked back. Six months after I was open and running. Mm. What was the scariest part of you making that leap? What, what almost held you back? Getting stuck in too much information. There's this side of me that loves research and so I have fun with research, but then I, I get stuck on it and it holds me back. And it still does. I, I'm it like working an on it. Analysis paralysis type of thing? <laughs> um, yes. It's just like I want all this data and information for me to feel like I have all the information to take the jump. Um, and taking the high risk. I mean, so I opened on my own. I didn't have capital funding behind me. I actually applied for an ABA loan. Uh, or I'm sorry, a, a, a small business loan. And uh, I got denied really fast. And so I just had saved up a bunch of my savings and um, a bunch of money. My partner at the time, um, my romantic partner was very supportive and that was very helpful. And then the, the circle I was surrounding myself with were very supportive and actually really pushing me to go th for this. But as I am going through the process and knowing that it's my my money i'm going all in so it was a big risk for yeah, me yeah, right yeah. and so i um uh, that was probably some of the fear of like i'm going all in and if it has to work you know there was full certainty like this is happening and this is working um and then just maybe get, wanting to gather too much information but um once you know that something's bigger than you and once you have a bigger purpose for your calling in life, mm. it's like nothing will get in your way. Mm. Any regrets of launching on your own? Zero. You see what I'm saying? Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yeah. Like you overanalyze, <laughs> hey, I don't know if I should launch my own thing, but now that you've been doing it for so long, you look back and be like, there's no way I could have stayed in the situation in which I was in. No way. So for all the entrepreneurs watching and listening, like what's the advice? What's the advice with what you chose to do at that early age yeah. and seeing where you are now? What would be that main piece of advice you would give? I would say jump. I, I, if, if something's calling you for more, if you know that you're going to bring major value into something, if you have an idea that you know is going to explode, you feel it in your heart and your soul, I just would say follow that way more than you being stuck in your head mm. if you get in uh, your head you're dead if you get in your head you're dead and so uh take the jump it's almost like of course you have to, there's prep work right and there's a process you have to go through to learn um so i also really encourage that but once you're in the space of like should i should i not do this i would say take the jump because Especially if you're younger, you have all of, you have so many years to test this. You have so much to uh, play with and, 
and even with marketing, like that's all about testing. And so test things and see what works for you. But, um, but go all in. Mm. You you really the the reward is far more than the risk that Beautiful. you think great you're gonna yeah. have. Elegantly said. How big is your operation now? Do you guys have multi units or is it one main central office? How does yeah. it work? So we were at three offices, but uh, cutting costs through this transition in the economy. I have two here in Utah. Uh, but we cover the whole state. So location mm. isn't necessarily a big thing for us. We'll travel anywhere. So I have 20 employees. And then now expanding with, I did find a partner now that I'm eight years into this where we want to expand nationally. So coming together with the person who holds different strengths than I hold. Sure. Uh, now we just opened up Houston. We're working on Phoenix and we're bringing this um, disruption of the way people should be treated in a real estate transaction to different markets. Yeah. And let, let, let me elaborate on that because that's key. What you just said, you know, a lot of us like hanging out around people that are like us. Mm -hmm. If you look at your circle of five, they probably have the same taste in music in fashion and movies and sports, etc. You probably use the same, you know, language and jokes and all that stuff. So in choosing a partner, a business partner, you quite often want to choose whoever's next to you, right? That friend. <laughs> yeah. But if you choose somebody that has the same skill set as you, you're not differentiating. You're not really adding any value to the partnership. So I think it's key that you find a partner that's really good at things that you're not necessarily good at. So I applaud you for that. Because it's not you. always easy. And then celebrate the the differences. Celebrate the 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 defining skill sets that make you guys different. So I think that's, that's incredible. Did, Thank you. Did, did it take, did it take some work for you to get to that point to choose a partner and say, even though this partner is so different than I am, this is what I need. Yes. And I'm glad you asked that question because for a long time, there was a fear placed within me, um, from society, what, you know, just how we get all these limiting beliefs as we grow up, but that partners were very scary to have. And so might, for a, they might screw you. Type yeah. Of so there was a, a big fear and a big limiting belief within me when it came to that. Um, so naturally I was overly cautious on, on even having that conversation, but I had to get very honest with myself. One, did I want to build this nationwide title company on my own? Sure. And two, what if there's actually a really great partnership that's mm. available out there? And I would speak to people like you, and I would speak to other incredible entrepreneurs and, and how they've really been able to scale their, their businesses. And it's very rare that I found in those conversations that somebody didn't have other partners or the right people. And so it opened me up to understanding one, that I was limiting myself and two, um, what was important about a good partner? And so having those differences and obviously learning a lot from Tony Robbins, that's where you and I met at a um, at an event of his, but understanding, okay, what are my strengths? What are hers or his strengths? Sure. And really playing off each other so that we can really scale this at the maximum level. Yeah, you can't win with 11 quarterbacks on the field. You need <laughs> yeah. you know, different positions, differentiation in the, in, in the, in the business. Um, okay, you mentioned NAREP. Yes. Um, you're the president of NAREP. 
Yes, I'm the national president of national president, the largest business or a Hispanic business organization in the not, nation. Not just business, but Hispanic. Hispanic, but it's big. Business. How big is NARA? Huge. Uh, so we have over forty thousand members. Whoa. Um, and we have over a hundred chapters all over the nation, in, including Puerto Rico. Okay, so all fifty plus Puerto Rico. Yes. Okay. And uh, well, not all fifty states. A hundred chapters across the nation. Okay. We're still getting into some markets and okay. some locations. And, and, and uh, sorry, what does NAREP stand for? Yes. Uh, so NAREP is National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. Okay. So it's been around for twenty-three years, and the mission is to advance. Hispanic sustainable home ownership by educating our real estate professionals, also by advocating for policy and also having networking events. So locally, there's a lot of networking events that are educational to empower those professionals. We also have regional events and then we have the national events, which you attended at one of one of them in Miami and you were one of our speakers. So yeah. thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It was an awesome event. How many people were there, by the way? We had over 5,000 people. 5,000 people in attendance. Yes. That's fantastic. In so Miami at the Fountain Blue. It was a great, great experience. And then yes. who else was on your speaker list? You had some pretty cool Yeah, we um, had a, uh, Barbara up. Corcoran yep. who came and spoke. She was fan fantastic. Yep. Um, we also had Fat Joe. <laughs> how, <laughs> how, how was Fat Joe? He was so good. I mean, you see these people growing up, you know, people you admire in the entertainment industry. And then you get them into a room to talk about business. And it's just a whole different level of conversation. He was very smart. Mm. Um, and the way he cares about the community and the low income, yeah. uh, you know, spots and cities is just very, you very beautiful. Rican, right? Yes, yeah, of yeah. course. That's why I winked at you. Like, there of you course, go. he was representing for you. Um, but yeah, we've had incre incredible lineups throughout the years. Yeah, you know, John Leguizamo. Yes, he was a great speaker. Gloria Stefan, Emilio Stefan. Yeah, and they're actually a part of Latitude, wow. which is, um, we, it was a, combined we do event. the event, combined event. And so they're very involved. I've gotten to meet her and they're wonderful So were people. there more people in the 5,000 when you combine the two or is that combined, that number? Uh, it was a combined number. Okay. Yes, yes. But most most of the attendees are NAREP. NAREP. NAREP attendees, okay, yeah. Cool. And then how long are you president for? Is there a certain limitation to that tenure? So uh, I'm president for this year. And uh, last year I was incoming president. So it's almost like a VP. So you're prepping the whole year. This year I'm national president. And then next year I'm immediate past president. So there's still a lot of work that happens. So it's at least it's three a years. three-year term. Um, but I've been a part of the national board for five years now. And so it's been. You feel like it makes a big impact in the community. It's been amazing. I mean, I, I feel so honored to be in this position and just so blessed to have been a part of this whole process. I've actually been a member of NAREP for eleven years, so I've been in the organization um, and helping with. Started as a local leader, local chapter president, and then they saw some strengths there and just kept getting opportunities. And I mean, we had uh, President Barack Obama last year come. We've had President Bush come. It, it, it just gets you in a room with these high level thinkers, sure. whether you love, you know, I'm not getting into politics, but just high level people that you just would have never gotten the opportunity to get into to talk about real issues that are happening within mm. the housing industry. That's amazing. So it's really great. That's cool. So what have you learned 
specifically in your journey of being the president of that organization? What are some takeaways? What are some defining moments that you've had right. thus far? I've learned so much about leadership. You know, Gary Acosta, he is the co-founder and CEO and being able to serve at this level and watching him and how he's able to lead this massive organization and how much innovation he's continuing to implement into the organization. Like just how much he's just thinking so forward and outside the box and just to really help the Hispanic and Latino community at a high level has been really impressive. Why, why is it important to help specifically the Latino and Hispanic community? Why does that mean so much to folks like you yes. that are really in, in it? Yes, I. there's a big misconception, you know, and perhaps you experience this to some extent of everyone sees us as what we used to be. Sure. Um, you know, and I'm so grateful that our people are still doing the hard jobs. You know, the farmers, the cleaning, the, sure. the all the jobs that most people don't want to do. But there's a huge piece that's missing for most people that don't understand that now they're talking about Latinos like me, Latinos like Jeff, who have built businesses. We own multi-million dollar businesses. We are building wealth. We're the first generation that's building wealth for, for our families, which is so beautiful. But there's so much opportunity to do business with us and people are still stuck mm. in an old mentality of that we're only this bucket. In the labor market. In the labor. And it's so the wealth, but we have tripled our wealth um, as Latinos in America, which is amazing. Our buying power is tremendous. And so... So it goes both ways. It's let's do business together on the, yes. let us be purchasers of your goods and services. Yes. And let's also render goods and services that you can acquire yes. through our innovation and entrepreneurship. Yes. There's so much opportunity there. And I, I actually love being able to shift people's mindset. So on it that. sounds like it's a unifier. It's not it's saying, unifier. Hey, we're, we're different over here. We're marginalized. No, we'll, we'll be, we'll all. be it's, Hey, let's come together. Let's see how we can expand the pie. How we yeah. can all participate on collaborate. all fronts and let's collaborate. Absolutely. And if you're a business owner or, you know, whatever you offer a product or a service, if you're not focused on this demographic, you're really missing, you're missing out, out. Yeah. is really my message is like, change your perception. Look at what we're doing and building here. Yeah, no. So, so. listen, so I watch a lot of Spanish TV and all of our commercials. It's Ford in Spanish, McDonald's in Spanish, Coca-Cola in Spanish, Pepsi in Spanish. And if we don't cater to that demographic as business owners, I, I agree with you, you're, you're missing out. Yeah. So it's it's just figuring it out. And I, I'm glad that organizations such as NARAP and Latitude that help yes. you know, augment that and help make it more mainstream so that we can collaborate and, and enjoy each other's company. Because at the end of the day, we're all one. Yes. We're all one. And the more we can do these things, the more one we can be. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's, it's not, you know... It, it, it's not like separation, if anything. It's, it's unifying. A uni unified. No, it was beautiful yeah. to go to that that um organ that uh event and just see people from all everywhere. walks of life, yeah, from everywhere. It wasn't just. We have so many partners, sponsors. Oh, yeah. You know that they're they're. No, it was brilliant. Everywhere. So yeah. I applaud that. Thanks That's for awesome. Coming. So so now as the CEO and founder of Novation Title, that's the plug, Novation Title. <laughs> Thanks. Um, what have you learned throughout that journey? I'm sure there's a lot of learnings. Mm -hmm. But what, what's one of the main learnings that you've gotten from being a 
CEO, a Latina CEO, uh, women in, in the boardroom, like talk to me about those learnings. Yeah. I would say the very first one, especially when I was launching, there was a lot of noise, right? Like more people out in the field, um, not believing I could succeed. Mm, the they saw me as a, oh, who's this young girl? She was a successful escrow officer. She doesn't know what she's doing. Sure. So a lot of noise out there, but just coming back to when I had that defining moment of making let, my decision. Let me ask you this. Were the people making noise doing less than you or more than you? <laughs> uh, less, yeah. That's what, that's what always happens. Always. The haters are always oh the ones gosh. that are doing less than you. They're not the ones dominating. They're the ones that feel threatened when you're progressing vertically. Because they can't see the well, it's a big reflection vision. Of, it's a reflection yeah. of them. They're, they don't see that for themselves, so they're like, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff on social where it's like, yeah. we should celebrate when people launch their businesses instead yeah. of like hating on them and saying, oh, they're going to fail. Yeah. Like, why do we celebrate when you make a purchase? Oh, they just got a cool house. Congrats. It seems like the congratulations come out. But why don't we celebrate when we're actually doing something that is very daring and yes. that takes a lot of cojones to do? I absolutely agree. It's a tremendous amount of courage and bravery. And uh, yes, so I experienced the opposite. I'm sure you have as well in many different endeavors that you've done. And so, but but when, when you know that this is something bigger than you, when you are really being called for a higher purpose sure. mission it it really is just noise and it doesn't even matter yeah, it doesn't anymore. matter it's like you can say whatever you want i really don't care to hear it, what i mean you have i'm sure say. it stings because we're all human but yeah. at the end of the day it's like psh, who cares you blow it off and, and you almost Dust need haters right because if, if you don't have haters that means you're not doing anything it, there's that yeah. quote that says if you don't want to be, be be criticized it's easy say nothing yeah. do nothing be nothing and you won't be criticized yeah. So you, we're, you're putting yourself in the limelight. You're putting yourself as a target, which which is good. It's it, it fosters growth. So you you started, you had the haters, and then what kept you going? What kept you building? Did you have a lot of sleepless nights? Did you feel like at some point you were going to lose it all? Did that happen to you? Because being an entrepreneur is escaping a thousand deaths. Oh. So what did it look like? Uh, there's been, definitely been a couple of, I would say, no, more, more than a couple, a handful of uh, big issues and problems that have happened throughout the years that there has been many sleepless nights um and just concern and fear you know tony says that stress we uh high achievers call fear stress <laughs> uh which is so true but real you know just fear of uh understanding how to na navigate some big issues that i have never been faced with with, with before just like any entrepreneur or business owner and so there are those moments where you're just figuring out a solution and it's so beautiful though because of course you do you always figure it out you always find a way you always find a solution and then once you're on the other side of that there's this huge feeling of like wow we're on the other side of this like we were able to overcome this and it was pulled from resilience, obviously figuring out the best way to, to overcome this. And also I would call, I would say that God has my back. You know, there's sometimes, there's been some times where I just have full faith and, and ask for that guidance, for that 
I, I trust in this and I know you have my back and miracles happen as well. So there's all of those things in combination. Well, that's fantastic. Okay, so how about Mexico? Do you go back to Mexico often? Do you visit the the motherland? Yeah, I do, but it's more for fun <laughs> nowadays. Most of my family, my dad's side of the family has immigrated as well. So most of them live in the States now. But I do love my country. I mean, there's so much beauty. Um, when I go back, there's there's this energy that just feels you're at like home. nothing else. Yeah, you're at yes. home. Did you so. speak much English before you moved at I age 11? I spoke zero English. I knew how to say like, hello, how are you? Uh, window, you know, just small words. And then words, do your but... folks still speak to you in Spanish? Yes. And I'm so grateful. My dad, he had such a big role, um, which we did not appreciate growing up, but now we definitely appreciate that was you speak Spanish in the household. Sure. Period. And so I'm so grateful for that because it, if not, I wouldn't yeah. have it um, instilled. So mine was the reverse. Really? We had to speak English inside the home. Okay. And then Spanish outside of the home so we could be bilingual. Yeah. So Our here, parents are smart. <laughs> yeah, so here my, my wife does a better job at this than I do. So here my wife has a rule. We only speak Spanish in the home. And I speak mm. Spanish with, you know, with my wife. But she's impeccable with mm. only speaking in Spanish to our kids. And that's why they're bilingual. I love with it. With me, it's, it's just a little bit harder because if I hear an accent, then I switch to the stronger language of that individual that I'm speaking with. So my kids have a better accent in English. Yeah. They're more native English than they are Spanish. So it kind of triggers me. That's my excuse. It's a lame <laughs> excuse. It's a limiting self-belief, but, but that's how it is. But I'm super grateful that my parents yeah. had the foresight to teach all of us kids yes. both of these languages and to be really good. It's a blessing. Like fully, fully, you know, fluent in both of these languages. It's a, it's a blessing. And it allows you to serve all the, you know, an, a vast community. Of, of of people you know it if i'm conducting business in spanish and i'm i'm a native speaker it, like the trust is there yeah if i'm conducting business in english and i'm a native speaker the the trust is is also there it just helps out in many ways so i think it's our responsibility to be as multicultural and as multilingual as possible we have yeah. a lot of viewers that might be working in china might be working in colombia like embrace the culture embrace the language and level up like the world is bigger than just the neighborhood that you grew up in. That is it. You know, for me, I've, I feel like I've always loved traveling because I love It's fatal to cultures. prejudice. Yeah. Uh, cultures, it's, it's so amazing. And so... What's your favorite place to go to oof. that you've been to outside of the U.S., outside of Mexico? So I just got the opportunity to go to India, Nepal, and Bhutan. Oh, wow. And that was very impactful. And I went with a group... The lions, which sure. you know, created this very extraordinary experience. But just I hadn't ever been to that part of the world. I'd been to Bali, so Bali's also you know a beautiful place. But this was culturally very different, a very eye-opening, very heart-opening into just seeing how people live in a totally different world. You know, it seems like so. Uh, are you that's more? My... Are you more empathetic now? Oh yeah, of course. It, that I feel like that is what brings understanding right is is widening your your points of view so let me ask you this because the easy the easy question and the easy answer is are you more empathetic with the folks from those countries or from that culture are you more empathetic and sympathetic with yourself by learning more about the world that you live in 
I would say it's not something I've thought about, but I, when it comes into it, I feel like, yes, it's expanding my mind to think differently, to find understanding in different scenarios. Yes, it's helped me for sure. Yeah, because I, I believe the more we travel, the more we're off the beaten path, the more mm -hmm. we learn about who we truly are yeah. as humans. Yeah. When you're out of that traditional comfort zone and you put yourself in cultures and situations and languages that are extremely different from what you're used to, I feel like you dig deeper and you just allow yourself to learn more about them and who you are as a, as a human too. That's why I love travel. Yeah. That's cool. Same. So you'd put, awesome. you'd put India, Nepal, and the other one was Bhutan. Bhutan. You'd put them at the top of your list. Yeah. Right just cause they've been the most exotic places I've been. I've, uh, so, so I haven't, I've only been to Nepal. I haven't done India or Bhutan. Talk to me about Bhutan cause I'm not familiar yeah. with Bhutan. So Bhutan is actually, um, hard to get into a couple reasons. One is you have to pay $200 a day oh, wow. for a tourism tax. And then you have to apply for a visa. They're a little more um, delicate on who they allow into their country. Uh, but it's a very traditional Buddhist country. And so it was just fascinating from that spiritual level of the way of living. How So in fact, one one of their kings stated that they don't measure GDP, that they measure happiness in their country. That's that's crazy. And so it, it's just a it was a whole um, that that, that can experience. mean two things: <laughs> they have no GDP, <laughs> <laughs> or they really truly believe in what the king just right, said. Right, right, right. I agree. <laughs> um, and so, but it's just a different mindset, right? So you're watching these people have this this type of lifestyle and very kind and very open, very giving. And from a spiritual level, I was able to hike up Tiger's Nest, which is this crazy hike, um, six miles hard, but amazing. And there's this monastery at the top of the mountain and I'm finding myself meditating and getting blessings from these Buddhist monks. Mm. You know, so I, I, I'm just looking at this gorgeous view and I'm just like pinch me is this my real life right now and i seem to have isn't it crazy quite a few of those moments are that just those incredible. places exist isn't it it's crazy amazing yeah so plug you gotta get we gotta get out there and we gotta travel yes, we gotta travel, like, more. travel the world yeah my hey. grandma before she passed she passed away earlier this year mm. my condolences my mom passed Thank away you. This i year. Yeah. i know you've gone through some pain as well and i remember before she passed and i just said grandma what advice would you give me? You know, out of all the wisdom you've had in your life, what would you say are the most important things you'd want me to walk away with learning from you? And she said to me, make sure that you travel the world and be sure to fall in love. Mm, there you go. So, okay. So wise, have we wise done, I, have we done both of those? Yes. Recent, recently I've fallen deeply in love. That's great. So, and I met, I met him. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Things are going well. That's awesome. Very well. Yeah. That's good. Hi, Benji. <laughs> <laughs> Plug for you, Benji. Okay. So let me ask you this next question. This has been fantastic thus far. If I were to ask you what one of your superpowers is, what is one of your superpowers? I feel like I have a great intuition. And so in business, it's been very helpful because as I mentioned earlier, I have this 
like research mind, but I love being in research. And so I gather a lot of facts and data. And so when I'm interviewing people, when I am even filling out the environment in my office, I feel a lot. And so everything can look so perfect on paper, even with opportunities and investments or with business opportunities. I've, I gather my data, however, I meditate, you can call it prayer or whatever. And if something does not feel in alignment with my intuition, mm. I, I say no. And it's never guided me in the wrong direction. So I would say a superpower of mine is definitely my intuition. Has it, al- has it always been that way or has it been more recent? It's been it- intensified more the more I am connecting mm. to my higher self um, in a higher power. It's been even more like what, what does that mean your higher self what is your higher self it's it's really shutting down the mind so finding a way to just turn off all of the thoughts that are consistently running through our mind and uh really listening to a higher consciousness of language or uh, messaging is this daily do you do this daily I don't do it daily. There was, there's been moments where I do, but I definitely am doing it at least four to five times a week. And is that like a strict meditation yeah, routine? So, yes. Yeah, so either I am meditating before I go to bed or I'm meditating uh, when I wake up. Sometimes I'll, we have a meditation room actually in my office. So sometimes, yeah. And, or maybe we, I had an interview with someone or, and then I need to make a final decision. I'll go into the meditation room and do my thing and then come out with a decision. Mm. So what does this meditation (laughs) room look like? Um, it's very calm. Um, it has a beautiful, um, background of Bali actually. And, um, we have, you know, a fountain, very tranquility is definitely in the space. We have different chairs and just a different setup for um, just a moment mm. for our employees to go in there and participate. And is it highly highly utilized? It's it's utilized in different. Uh, it goes through its seasons. Um, so I feel like when we were under a lot of high stress in 2000, 2021, the room was being utilized a lot more <laughs> now lot, that the economy shifted. In there. Yes. Yeah. Now that it shifted a little bit, it's still utilized though, but um, this is what's interesting seasons. though, with what you just said, right? It's, we get, we, we, we get into those modalities when things are stressful. I wonder what we can do to always be consistent with it so we're not just only utilizing it when times yeah. are more dire you know what i mean yeah like the best time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining type of thing but if we consistently practice that meditation and that gratitude and all that stuff yeah. like you would eliminate probably a lot of the stresses that come our way and, and you know it's, what I mean? it's almost become this like scientific proven fact where meditation really helps and i know so many incredible business people that own very big companies. I mean, you're one of them. You've had major success in your life. You've created major success in your life. Um, but people who are running a hundred million dollar companies, you know, and super high levels that are, they are meditating and they are taking the time way more mainstream now. Yes. Because it, again, it just brings you back to a centered place for you to have this practice in your daily life and be able to make better decisions feel centered 
as entrepreneurs and, and business owners, we get things thrown at us on a daily basis. Every day. All the time. That's why we're entrepreneurs. Yes, because we're finding solutions to everything. We're we're solving. If problems ceased to exist, there would be no need for us. And there would in the be no life either. Yeah. Like it's a part of life. I love that. So, so, so I, anyway, highly recommend it. And it is a practice, right? So you can just start any, out with any something. Any books or audio books or podcasts that can give folks a kickstart on how to meditate properly? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many guided. I mean, even you have the Calm app, right? That's like a 10-minute guided meditation. That's that's all, like a lot easier to follow. And there's really no um, wrong way to meditate, right? There's no right? wrong way. And people are always like, I, I, I can't. My thoughts are still running. Again, it's a practice just like how you go to the gym and build a muscle. It just mm. takes time. Mm. So be patient with yourself. And it's okay. Tony Robbins has a great priming video on YouTube. So if you Google well, that Tony was Robbins incredible. I priming, love that one. It's, it definitely takes you through a meditative place. And it's so good, right? It brings you to the gratitude yep. space. Um, uh, great books of like on the law of attraction sure. to for i mean think and grow rich i'm like you wrote this in the 1930s of course you were so connected to higher consciousness it's amazing um and um the law of attraction is also a great book i recommend awesome. when it comes to all of this but okay beautiful now i want to go back to this why the name novation yeah so when I was having these defining moments, I was, and when I said, I'm going to launch this, I thought of an explosion, right? Because I wanted to come into this industry and really make a difference, bring something special into it. And so I thought of the words, a supernova, which is an explosion of a star in the universe. And then the other word that came up for me was I wanted to make sure I was innovating Mm. But inno innovation seemed very just blah. Sure. So I was actually just having a conversation with a few girlfriends in Laguna Beach. We were actually on a mini trip and I was explaining this. And then one of them, her name's Cheryl, she just said, how about novation? And I'm like, that's it. Like zero Boom, question. Done. It just landed. And um, then I Googled it. I'm like, I wonder if it means anything. And it and on a legal term, it means a substitution of a contract for another. Mm. So that even also made sense within that's real cool. estate. So yeah. that's it. <laughs> nice yeah. work. Beautiful. Okay. So a lot of nuggets. This has been fantastic. We'll end with this question. And I like ending with this one. So the name of the show is Live Life by Design. And it can be on any aspect of life, you know, spiritual, physical, intellectual, etc. So last piece of advice as we send off this episode Anything that you would recommend that we can do to live more of a life by design instead of by default? What would I it be? love that. And I love that this is what you focus on so much. Just remember that there are so many belief systems that we have grown up with because of our parents, society, whatever we watch, whatever we listen to, teachers, right? So we are a byproduct of that um, but remember that you have full permission to ask yourself if this is true for you where did this belief system actually come from where where did this thought actually come from and you have full authority and permission to see if it's true for you if it lands for you or if it's not for you Mm. And you get, you get a blank canvas to create from that space. What does life actually look like for you without all of these limiting beliefs, without of these, 
you know, thoughts and, uh, and belief systems that people have placed onto you. So what is it that really you want? What does a beautiful life look like for you? And just start dreaming and imagining. We did that so well as kids, right? Mm-hmm. So easy. So go back to that inner child and just play with it. Allow yourself to dream whatever it is you want it to be. And then you can reverse engineer and create a massive plan of action to create it. But you have a blank canvas. You really do. Mm. So play with it. That's beautiful. It's Thank don't you. limit yourself. Be unlimited. Act, dance, play like a child. Because yes. that's when you're truly free. And go make things happen. I love it. This has been awesome. Thanks. Thanks, this Jeff. Is our, this is our show. Love you, brother. I know everybody enjoyed it. Much love. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Appreciate guys. It. Have a great day.